0: listening, no, you're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. <laughs> <laughs> buns, Buns, Buns. I want to give you something real, but
1: I don't know where to start. Darling, let's make a
0: deal. I want to give you my heart. I would say anything for love. Hey, guys. How did you like the Crystal Ballroom episode last week? I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope that you uh, will rate and subscribe on iTunes. This week, we're back to our old tricks. I will preview some other shows as the weeks go on. But the interview this week is with a good friend of mine, Nimit Malavia. He is a comic artist, and we sit down to talk about how he got into a Life of Comics and um, the Com- Toronto Comic and Arts Festival that's coming up. TCAF for short. So if that's of interest to you, check it out. Hey guys. Hi, Welcome Bonds. to to this weekend buns.
2: sorry i was <laughs> too stoked i totally interrupted you
0: <laughs> no it's okay um i'm just tired and speaking very slowly this is podcast number four of the day
2: oh shit dude <laughs> no,
0: no it's okay i i'm i like it sort of except for the <laughs> t- sl- tired slow I'm surprised talking you
2: haven't like lost your voice yet like that's a lot of that's like four hours of talking
0: slow brained part yeah it's it's long man but it's good it's good because uh, now we get to the fun part where we get to recap our favorite stories from this week in Buns. Yes. Um, oh, sorry.
2: Why don't ahead. you start us off? No, well, start okay, us off. Okay, I have a couple of updates. Um, the first and most important update being about Kingsley, uh, which was that Kitty who wandered onto a construction site and somehow got a paint cover like dump like covered in paint and had spray foam sprayed onto its face. So this poor cat like had a bunch of injuries, Um, was owned by like a single mom with two kids. Uh, And like this poor woman like had apparently also just had her dog die of cancer. So it was just like terrible. Um, But everybody rallied. They ended up making almost a thousand dollars more than their original $3,000 goal. Um, they're actually got. It's really close. It's at like 3968 of three three thousand. Um, you can still donate on the GoFundMe. I will actually post the link to this this week. I'm really sorry I didn't do it last podcast, um, and then I lost the links. And anyway, I found them, so I'm gonna post it. But um, I think it would be cool if we could get this up to four thousand. If people want to chip in another few bucks, um, but the update. There's a couple, but the most recent is that Kingsley just got home from his checkup at the vet, um, and he's doing really well. His blood work came back normal, uh, which is great because originally his white blood cell count was low. Um, The burns on his ears are still being treated, but they're healing nicely, and his eyes still have spots on the corneas, but that should start to heal well, which originally they were afraid that he was going to lose his sight. Um, So... This is just a really nice update. Um, She wanted to say thank you for the amount of love and support and that her family is really thankful to everyone who reached out with compassion and for like chipping in even like five bucks, ten bucks, like it all adds up. Um, So, yeah, she was just kind of I think she was a little overwhelmed with the amount of help that she's gotten. And I thought that was it's really nice to see that this cat is doing well because the photos are like devastating. Um, So, yeah. That's
0: good. Good work, guys.
2: <laughs> yeah, good work funds. Uh raise that GoFundMe money.
0: Well, speaking of uh updates and money, uh, we kind of talked about this off mic before, but former podcast guest Josh Dominguez um has a long post uh, which I won't read all of for you, but uh his his little project Flash Food is finally uh coming to the masses.
2: It's so exciting.
0: So, uh, essentially, if you don't know what it is, you should probably listen to that podcast episode. It's one of the first ones. But it connects users out of the app with surplus food, whew, surplus food from grocers. Um, essentially, what it is is food that is, you know, two or three days before expiring or just things that are misshapen. Yeah, ugly fruits ugly and Ugly fruits, fruits and veggies. hmm uh you can get a discount anywhere between 40 and 60 percent you'll get notified through the app and then pick it up same day at the grocery store there's a list of of stores that it's available they've already uh uh, diverted over one thousand one hundred meals from the landfill so you know good on you guys I, i could go on and on and on and on but uh so, I am, uh, um, yeah.
2: Yeah, and so in Toronto right now, they're only working with the Longos at the Bay and Dundas location. Um, otherwise, I believe they were piloting with Farm Boy London, which I'm assuming is in London, Ontario. Um, so right now, you can only get it uh, at the Longos Bay Dundas location. Um, and it launched, uh, I think, was it today? Yeah, it literally launches today Um Well, I mean, today when we're recording this, technically yesterday, if you're listening to this on Tuesday. Um, So Mm -hmm. uh, if the first few months go well, then they're going to expand to other longest locations in the city and other grocers. So basically what we guys in Toronto, and I would be using it if I was there. um, I hope they launch in L.A. at some point because this seems fantastic to me. Um, Less food waste and cheaper food is really great especially for people who are like low income it's just awesome uh so what you need to do is download the flash food app at the very least like put in your credit card info and start using it uh especially if you're somebody who lives or works or travels by the bay and dundas longos and can go pick up the stuff that you end up ordering the more people that use it the better um because if they do well then it'll eventually be in every store and you won't have to go to the band dundas one so uh get on that (laughs) guys you it's i would do it myself if i were there but it's up to you all to like make this a success
0: yeah I, i i strongly believe in the idea myself because uh i don't know anything that can divert waste i'm a i'm a as a bunzer, I think, bunzer, oh my god, as a bun, just like the rest of you, I think that we're all we're all sort of in it to divert waste at least a little bit, so let's make this happen, guys.
2: Yeah, and who doesn't want to save money on groceries, like, honestly? Yeah. Um, okay, so other than that, I wanted to start with some lost stuff. Uh, so that hopefully you guys can keep an eye out while you're wandering uh, the neighborhoods that these things went lost in. Maybe you can help find them. So Adelaide is ISO a ring. Uh, it was her late grandmother's and she's literally been wearing it for the last eight years. And yesterday she lost it somewhere on Ossington or Queen Street west of Ossington. Um, the ring is gold with several birthstones along the front of the band that are all different colors. There's one for each member of her immediate family. Um, she's really, really de- devastated to have lost this. Uh, she's already making posters and people have already suggested that she make flyer. Uh, no, wait, I already said that. She's making flyers and posters already and people have suggested that she ask the local shops um, in that area if anyone turned it in. Sure, But... If you happen to be walking around Ossington or Queen Street west of Ossington and you see a little sparkle hanging out on the ground um, it might be Adelaide's ring and she would really really like it back. It has a lot of sentimental value. Um, so keep an eye out and maybe bump this post so that more people see it.
0: Totally. Uh, well I have another lost item for you. Um, All right. Aaron writes, yo Judith where are you at? I got some love words that were meant for you or lover of judith uh, i feel like this card should go to uh oh should be read by the intended found near george street and harvard it is a sealed well i don't know if it's a sealed envelope but it is an envelope nonetheless um intended for judith i assume it's some sort of love note um that uh lost its way so if you—that's
2: really sad <laughs> and cute. Yeah, they didn't like post the. I want to know what the note says.
0: Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. Maybe if we find Judith, she can tell us what it said.
2: Yeah, yeah. I guess. I guess it's probably private. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm nosy though.
0: <laughs> Who can blame you?
2: Um, we also have some bike posts this week. Um, a sad one, and um, actually a good one. I guess we have two kind of sad ones and a good one okay uh so first of all we have photos that andrew posted of a dude who was stealing someone's bike wheel because he had a flat tire he was like oh i have a flat tire i'll take somebody else's wheel like fuck you um so andrew took photos of him and posted them uh or i guess somebody else took photos and andrew reposted it but nonetheless um take a look at this guy's face and uh the post even just says like if you work in a bike shop or even any shop like don't give him service like keep an eye out for him if you um are like walking around he may be stealing more bikes so
0: i have um a sort of lost bike related post for you um if I can find it through all these tabs here. So Rob posts ISO, the person who reported having his yellow deep rimmed wheel stolen off their bike while helping a friend move. They have been found. Oh. Contact Dave McLeod promise. Um bought them off somebody walking down Queen. That's crazy. So could be your lucky day
2: oh man who lost yellow wheels that post sounds vaguely familiar to me but i i don't know who it
0: was someone posted uh someone um posted someone tagged uh someone we're about to talk about in the next post i assume because somebody else lost some wheels right
2: yeah two hot pink bike wheels
0: sergeant uh Did you see anyone walking away with two hot pink bike wheels in Ronsey Parkdale area? My bike was stripped while I was helping my friend pack for his trip to leave Canada forever. I lost a friend and my bike wheels that day, and I want at least one of them back. Well, maybe this is it. Maybe yellow is somehow, or yellow deep-rimmed is somehow pink.
2: Maybe whoever bought the yellow ones is colorblind, (laughs) and they're really pink.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, uh, yeah, who hopefully <laughs> keep, keep your fingers crossed. or
2: two people lost their bike wheels and that really sucks um at least one of them is found but keep an eye out for the pink ones um he actually posted a link of the like a picture in the comments um so you can see what the wheels look like and i believe we've even covered uh him in on the podcast last year i think he got an entire bike stolen and this poor guy <laughs> like so please yeah. help them out, see if we can find these pink bike wheels.
0: Do you have any more um, lost and found for us?
2: No, but I do have one more bike related post, um, okay. which is the, the happy one, the best one. So Ashley had posted uh, originally a picture of a yellow bike, uh, not yellow bike wheels, just the bike itself is yellow. And the post was ISO bolt cutters. My bike was stolen last summer and here it is on Blor and Gladstone. Uh, need a hand cutting the lock. I've called police, but they said it could take hours for them to arrive. The bike was made for me by my partner six years ago, so like clearly it was theirs. It wasn't like a generic bike, and they were getting it mixed up with someone. Like it was hand built by someone, um, and so it was also a sentimental bike. And they also have photos of themselves with the bike going back years and years to like prove that it was theirs. Sure. Um, and it's like a one of a like one in a million one-of-a-kind bike um so this post was like a roller coaster uh there's 131 comments which um with like people checking back in and like asking for updates because originally uh ashley had just put uh, a second lock on it uh i believe uh so that the person couldn't like come right away with it and then ended up waiting around either for bolt cutters or for the person to come back because a lot of people were like what if someone bought this stolen bike and then they come back and their bike is stolen If they weren't the one who stole it and then they're sad that their bike was stolen uh there are like a lot of comments about that um so the update eventually uh in the comments is that so she says update the guy who like came back um he claimed he found it didn't like the quality of pictures I had of it on my phone from 2013, 2014, 2015, and 2016. Uh, It started to become escalated because he required more proof, so I began threatening to call the cops, which he immediately didn't want to deal with, but was not willing to take his lock off. Luckily, a friend pulled up in his car, illegally parking on Bloor, which caused a parking enforcement officer to rock up. Um, and I was like, "Okay, there's the cops. Let's go chat with him." At which point, he immediately unlocked his locked, and Haya tailed it out of there. So clearly, right. he was super guilty. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, he was just like, "Uh, yeah, bye." <laughs> uh, so everyone was like so excited. So many bikes get stolen in this city, uh, and so many people were invested in this post because, like, literally for out like a couple of hours, people were like asking for updates and stuff. So yeah. it was really nice to finally see a happy ending where somebody got their bike back and everyone is like just everyone is just like losing their minds in the comments about like how excited they are that this person got their bike back so for sure that was a, that was a good one this week um
0: i have a couple more lost and found for you oh okay so chiera i want to say her name is i'm sorry if i pronounced that horribly wrong uh found an iphone 6 rose gold and white Siri doesn't recognize english slash whose phone it is just wondering if anyone lost their phone on the queen street car at parkdale there is some money in the nice dark brown worn leather case let me know well i didn't lose a phone but uh, the money is probably mine so so hit (laughs) me up yeah yeah um also a quick lost and found post is julian posted and there's an update to this post. Uh, we need your help locating our baby's right shoe. They're brand what? new, and I'm sure we've lost it around home, right by the Drake Hotel. If anyone sees it, DM me, would much appreciate it. And they're like, baby Adidas. Oh, so uh, cute. Edit, the shoe has been found, thanks oh, to yay. Christy. <laughs> our buns friend, thank you very much. Uh, buns comes through when it comes to uh, losing a single shoe. It single seems, baby shoe. This isn't this isn't the first time someone's lost one shoe and it's been found.
2: Yeah, the person who had the shoe like bounce out of their bike basket—that one. Yep, that's <laughs> that it. <was> great.
0: <laughs> All right. What else you got on on top for us? All
2: right. Well, otherwise, I just have normal. I do. You, want, do you have one more lost thing because I am out of lost things. Nope. No, that's it. Okay, we're done. Okay. So um, there is some. So speaking of, we we cover a lot of like retro throwback stuff on buns um this one you may or may not remember from the many references to drinking it in a lot of classic hip-hop and rap songs um so liz had posted it's been traded unfortunately but the original post said super pregnant and don't even drink in real life looking to trade this bottle of cristal uh louise roder champagne 2009 the internet says it's worth 300 um i'm not sure what they traded it for but i would love to know because they were like intro like iso was either gift cards or an interesting random enough offer to make us a memorable endeavor which i thought was a really great iso wow yeah um but uh, yeah, I don't know uh what I I want to know what they ended up trading it for. If you're the person who traded it f- for this, or let me know. Um maybe I'll ask her and see what it was traded for because this is like a high ticket item and like literally it used to be in like every rap song drinking crystal. So sweet sweet um, crystal. I
0: wish I had some right now. <laughs>
2: It's beautiful. Uh, It's super expensive. I feel like I would feel like bad drinking something that was worth that much money. (laughs) I don't know.
0: Uh, You know what? I mean, I guess it's all relative. Not that I would ever. I'm probably in the same boat as you. I don't know if I would ever feel comfortable drinking uh, really expensive alcohol like that. But I'm sure you make enough money and it doesn't feel like that much yeah
2: i mean if it was free i'd be like yeah i'll have a glass but i would never buy it anyway (laughs) yeah what else you got over there i
0: have some ridiculous shit uh this is a hands-free umbrella device sort of um it makes you look like a big daddy from uh the bioshock games if, if you're familiar <laughs> okay. it's like a giant dome on your head I am. um hello fellow buns this is from amanda has the rain got you down are you on the hunt for an umbrella alternative that is hands-free or have you always wanted to live in a bubble well look no further this is the new brella it's an umbrella that sits on your shoulders and shelters you from the rain leaving you your hands free to walk a dog or carry a cake or really do anything that two hands carry do a cake. you're
2: gonna need an umbrella for your cake too. then she
0: follows it up with some sort of masturbation joke and it goes on from there because you (laughs) because you have your hands free but uh, right
2: right 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 in the rain yeah
0: pretty hilarious little device it's like uh, it's almost like the top of a baby stroller if you can picture that and but the front part of it is clear and it just sits over the top half of your body
2: I'm going to need to – you're going to have to send me the link for this <laughs> so that I can, A, post them for everyone else to see and, B, see it myself.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a weird little de- – I missed this post. Weird little device. But, uh, yeah, what else you got on top for us?
2: Well, okay, so speaking of weird little devices, um, something that I love that Buns is really good at is locating obscure devices. So Jessica had posted <clears throat> the an obscure request. She said that her grandpa came over and gave us this broken – 70s era Japanese foot warmer and said, order me this on the Amazon, which is such a grandpa thing to say. Um, despite many efforts and some weird Google search histories, neither me nor my mom can find anything like this anywhere. Do you have a working pink Japanese footwarmer you're willing to part with? Do you know maybe where to get or order one? Um, and this thing, so when you look at the picture, it looks like it has like a soft terry cloth fabric on it and it's kind of like a half cylinder that sits on the floor and then I guess and it plugs in and I guess it heats up and has like heating coils in it and you rest your feet on it so it's kind of round so your feet can like like really get all in there so your feet warm up right um, And I was really amazed when the fifth comment on this is from someone a bun who seems to be living in Japan. Um, And posted a link uh, saying, this looks like what you're looking for. I don't know if it'll ship to Canada, but it's on Amazon here. And then it's like a link to the exact foot warmer on Japanese Amazon. And like the person who posted this was so excited that finally they found it. And apparently they have family in Japan. So even if they don't ship it to Canada, she can order that, ship it to the family in Japan, and then they can send it to Canada. So this one was a success all around. Buns Detective um, Agency added yeah. again. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> it was so good.
0: I like it. I like it. I don't really have uh, anything sort of weird like that, but this is uh, this is an interesting one that I I kind of enjoyed, which was Justin said, uh, "Okay, Internet Buns, I need your help." I'm a drag queen who's doing a Mandy Moore performance this weekend. I've been trying to locate season two, episode two of MTV's Becoming, the show from 2002. There's a lot of twos in there. Um, <laughs> it's the Mandy Moore episode I can't find. Please help me. I bas- I found basically every other episode of the show, just not that one, and I need it. Help! Someone help me! In exchange, I will pay your cover at the show this Saturday and buy you a drink please help So this the question
2: post is amazing.
0: The question is final update. Uh I Wait, think it's gone. Wait, this
2: really weird update. Um he like this person ended up contacting someone who worked at MTV.
0: Yes. Um and she was willing to help him but then uh I don't know if they worked at MTV, but someone who had the episode. But then it says uh, in the screenshots from the chat, OK, I feel so horrible. My mom said she can't find the tape.
2: Oh, no. OK, there's yeah. like multiple um, updates on this. So originally, the uh, one of the updates was they contacted the woman on Facebook who was on the episode who became Mandy Moore. Um, And he was like, pretty sure I just blew her mind. She has a copy and is going to see what she can do for me. I'm hopeful, but still on the hunt. So maybe that is the person who.
0: Yeah, that must be the person. But
2: also, so update two, I called Much slash MTV here in Toronto spoke with a fab woman and explained the situation. After about 10 minutes of her laughing in the phone because she completely forgot that show existed um, and she thought it was hilarious, I plan on using it for drag, she gave me some info. Apparently, they wouldn't likely have a copy of it at the studio because of how old that is and because it was under MTV America at the time. Uh, So they wouldn't have owned a copy but they would have rented one from MTV. She did have some really interesting information though. The episode in question was removed from MTV's digital archives. She has no idea why. Either there was a licensing issue or there was content in the episode they aren't allowed to show anymore. Um, but she did say she's having a meeting with MTV people today and that she's having a pretty slow Tuesday so she's going to see what she can do. Um, wow. And that they keep all of their old VHS tapes of the shows on an off-site facility in Burlington. Um, and since he gave her the season and episode number, she should be able to look it up and see if they have a copy floating in the archives there this is a, and he's even like this has turned into an episode of the mystery show why did mtv remove the episode why is it not online what are they hiding where is becoming mandy moore uh which is hilarious i don't think there's any answers for this yet i don't think anyone figured out why they like removed it from the archives
0: um but he he did post a picture of himself as mandy moore finally really at the oh, I, the haven't
2: go- I haven't got i haven't checked oh my god there's so many updates on this it's like such a saga um Uh, Yeah, I guess there's no such thing as this episode anymore Um, unless there's a bun somewhere that has a weird taped version like at their mom's house on a VHS. Mm. So if that's you, let us know. Um, This is like a super weird. There's like so many updates like the woman from MTV calls back. It's deleted. No one can find it. Like what happened with this Mandy Moore episode of this show? It's so strange.
0: Who knows who it's a mystery I, I don't for the
2: know ages. bun's mystery for the ages
0: I was trying to come up with some sort of some sort of uh, explanation but I have none
2: I don't think anyone ever will
0: um, no it's just it's done oh, speaking... although if the bun's
2: sorry go ahead I was just gonna say
0: <laughs> that if the bun's detective agency wants to try and take that on yeah or if somebody if just has has it find us some answers.
2: okay so speaking of um things I don't understand uh someone was ISO a qualified piercer to inject themselves and their friends with nfc tags uh they even say we have the loaded sterilized injection needles and just need someone to put it in name your trade or price not ISO your opinion on nfc implants and at first i was like what on earth is an nfc implant um, but apparently, it's like the chips that you put in cats and dogs uh, that have like your address on it so that when they get lost, they can like beep and like figure out whose pet it is.
0: It's also so essentially is like,
2: what is this?
0: <laughs> it's also essentially the thing in your credit card that allows you to pay by tap.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That too, which is interesting. Um, could I like tap pay with my wrist if I got this implanted in me? that would be kind of cool oh I don't know if it's worth it Apple Pay (laughs) Um, but there were a lot of uh, recommendations on this as to like where to get it done and stuff Um, it's just I I, what I want to know is why I'm curious yeah
0: I have no idea Um, yeah I don't know it seems a little too 1984 for me I don't want to inject computer anything into my body thank you I don't have any more posts for us though. So if you've got anything else, um, now's the time.
2: Well, did you see that weirdo bug? Oh, yeah. It's like this weird looking. So. Scorpion like, thing. Yeah, this weird looking scorpion low guy. But so someone had posted this in. Um, some, someone named William posted this in Helping Zone. Um, people freak out anytime someone posts like weird bugs, like for good reason. Uh, a lot of people have weird bug phobias. But this guy posted like three picture, real close up photos of this thing. And to be fair, um, I like bugs and the thing looks terrifying. Um, there's a, like a lot of screaming going on in the comments and a lot of pe- pe- people being like, oh, it's a pseudo scorpion. Um, I had to like load previous comments because after he posted uh, the real close up ones with zero like size reference, he did in the comments post one size reference photo of it next to a pen. This thing is so stinking small. It is the size of the tip of the ballpoint pen. Like not the whole silver thing, just the tiny part that actually writes. So it's Mm -hmm. incredibly little. Uh, But in the photos that he posted, it made it look like a big, like terrifying thing. Uh, So I thought it was kind of funny that everybody was losing their minds over like, this thing is literally like probably two millimeters long or something like it's little. (laughs)
0: It's all about perspective.
2: Um, Mostly, people suggested killing it with fire, uh, but a lot of people strangely knew what it was. I'd never heard of a pseudo scorpion before, but
0: me either. But it is it's 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 new to me. I hate insects, so oh, I
2: like met a stick bug on the weekend that was huge, and I like picked it up. (laughs) I was in Austin, Texas. (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, okay, so I have two more. one that uh i just wanted to quickly go over because mother's day is this weekend um and this is a like mother's day related trade so if anybody still needs a present uh for their rad moms um Mm -hmm. trish makes marble planters they're made out of real marble it's not like painted like marble or like that concrete that is, like, marbled like marble. This is actually marble. Um, they come with succulents in them. They're beautiful. Um, for they, She even has, like, a monetary reference of, like, look, she said she's looking for equal value trades and has, like, how much she usually sells them for. But then yeah, also yeah. includes, like a ridiculously long and very specific iso list which is an amazing iso list and even someone commented being like i don't i just want to say that i love your iso list because you seem really cool um but if you have any of these uh someone in the comments has already it's really cool that like i feel like a lot of people are like oh trade me whatever and then no one knows what to offer them but this person was so specific um people like are like, oh, I have a MacBook charger. Or somebody is trading for a pair of six-and-a-half-size black Vans. And they're like, because that was, like, one of the things. And they're like, done. Let's figure out pickup. And I was like, this is great. Like, it's so... It's, yeah, It's that's really way sweet. more effective, I think, to post, like, really specific ISOs. The proper
0: way to buns.
2: Yeah. Um, And then they're really cute. Like, these planners are adorable. They come with the with the succulents. So um, I'm sure they still have a bunch of these because they make them. So if you need a present this weekend, hit up Trish. Um, this is in the main trading zone and we'll post the links to it. Um, she even sells at markets. So they have lots left if you, uh, if you still make them. So, or sorry, if you still need them. Um, and then the last post that I wanted to cover, I thought was really cool. Um, it sort of reminded me of how you tried to go a whole month living off only buns traits or, and by tried, I mean succeeded because you did it. Um, but Adrian is doing an experiment, uh, this weekend that he's calling his garden challenge, uh, where they try to make it until the end of November, buying as few groceries as possible. Um, originally it was going to be just fruits and veggies, but with the help of buns, um, he wants to take it full further than just fruits and veggies that they're growing in their garden. So this person has 22 quail hens that have just started laying. They're raised organically and free run in the greenhouse Um, He would like to set up recurring trades with other organically-minded individuals where they provide you with eggs on a weekly basis. Uh, For example, he would love to find a baker to provide bread, a home brewer for beers, and someone who works in a health food store for grains and snacks. Um, And he often has spare eggs. uh, So if you have difficulty accessing food, PM them and you can work something out. Um, And yeah, so... I thought this was super cool. There's like a picture of the little quails being adorable and a picture of the little spotted quail egg being tiny and adorable. Um, And there's already some people like offering their like food trades to each other and stuff. So if you want quail eggs and you have some stuff you'd like to trade uh, for it, hit up Adrian and let's see if we can actually help him get to November without buying groceries. I feel like that's such a cool challenge.
0: Definitely possible. I feel like Muns can make that happen.
2: Yeah, lots of people have like gardens in their backyard. And if you're growing something that maybe they're not growing, you can trade that for the eggs. So that's kind of cool.
0: Awesome. Well, stay tuned for my chat with comic book artist, Mitt Malavia. He has done covers for comics like wolverine jubilee uh fables uh i don't know a bunch of shit uh and we sit down and talk about uh making comic books and the toronto comic and arts festival that is happening this weekend so yeah if you guys are uh into that shit i'm kind of sad that
2: i'm missing TCAF. it's usually a pretty fun time
0: yeah yeah it's great it's great um and I think at this point, all there's left to say is uh, until next time.
2: Keep on bunsin.
0: Thanks, guys. Too much shit in your apartment? Get rid of it today on the Buns app. Available in the App Store, Google Play Store, or online at Buns.com. All right. So like I said at the top of the show, sit down with my buddy Nimit. He's been on the other podcast, one of my other podcasts before... You got to love it. Uh, If you don't know what that is, check out podcast.buns.com and you can see some of the other shows that we offer on the Buns Podcast Network. Uh, Nimit is a good friend of mine. And uh, if we sound a little familiar, that's because I've known him for a bit. Anyways, uh, give it a listen and uh, hopefully we'll see you guys at TCAF. It was a rough one last night, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Buns Podcast. I'm here with a good friend of mine and comic book artist, Nini. Yeah. Nim Nom. Nim Glove. <laughs> Nimit Malavia. He, uh... I know Nimit because you went to school with, uh... Andrew, and Daryl, a bunch of my friends, essentially. I don't know. None of them have been on the show, so I'm not oh, sure no. why I'm using them. Uh,
1: Are you allowed to talk about your other
0: on a first basis? Yeah, Endeavor? yeah. So uh, all of these people, including them, have been on the other podcast. Um, you gotta love it. So you guys should check that out. podcast.buns.com. Buns. Com. But uh, yeah, I don't even know when I first met you, but then all of a sudden. People are telling me, like, oh, yeah, he's, he's drawn covers for some of your favorite comics. But before we get to that, let's start at the beginning. Uh, where did you grow up? I grew up in Ottawa, Ontario. Um,
1: small little town, or small little part of it called Nepean. I don't know if that
0: means anything to anybody. Not me. Yeah. But, <laughs> I, I mean, I grew up in Toronto, so I have a very small view of, of what, what cities exist in, in Canada. Yeah, it's a
1: snowy capital of this
0: great nation. Hey, Kiba. But have you been drawing your whole life? I mean, was it was it an aspiration from the beginning?
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't. It didn't really become like a clear career path until I was like entering high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to an arts high school in Ottawa called Canterbury, and uh, there they've had like graduates go on to work for ILM and stuff like that. But all the wow. way through, yeah, it was very high school musical. Um, but all the way through, it was kind of focusing us and giving us the idea that it's like, Hey, this is the thing you're good at or you're interested in, but you can actually pursue it further. And from Mm -hmm. there I wound up going to, or coming to Toronto to go to college, which is where I met Daryl and
0: Andrew and co. So that's interesting because I guess if you go to an arts high school, it's a little bit different, but my, my view of high school was like, yeah, there's arts. Like you can, you know, you can play music if you want, you can paint or do photography if you want or whatever but it's not like this is this can be a job later it was just like one of those classes that they offer that's not math or science or whatever but it seems like your experience was uh, a little bit different yeah it became pretty clear to you early on that you could make a living doing this
1: yeah so like getting into this high school was an audition process so you had to go through like an art test while you're there like do life drawing in front of high school wow yeah um i wound up being fine for the art portion of it for grade nine, but mm-hmm. then goofed off for the grade stuff getting in. So then I only came in in grade 10, but more or less like you had to put a portfolio together, go in and do the review stuff. Yeah. And then basically the setup was that in addition to like your full regular course load, you have art for, I forget how many hours a day, every day yeah. basically tacked on for the four years, or in my case,
0: the three years. Wow. And then from there you went to Oakville?
1: Yeah, from there I went to Sheridan and took illustration.
0: Illustration. And you finished that program?
1: Yeah, back in 2009.
0: And what did you do after that?
1: Uh, so there, during that time I started doing gallery stuff. So I was down in LA for a little bit and more or less right out of school I was freelancing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I lived in Toronto for a year. Uh, wound up moving back home to Ottawa because I was pursuing stuff and kind of needed a break. And then back in 2012, I came and moved back to Toronto, but more or less I started off my career doing like gallery work, showing in LA, New York, uh, had a solo show here in Toronto, and then... What
0: what kind of art? Like what medium?
1: uh, Kind of a little bit of everything. Mostly at the time it was like acrylic and graphite, Okay. Um, but it's like very figurative. It falls into that quote-unquote pop
0: surrealism (laughs) uh, category. Yeah. Pretty pretty wide net. Right. I'd say, but yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. A lot of intricate line work is what I know you for. Yeah, that's what most people know me for. <laughs> but uh, okay, so you were doing gallery work, and then how do you transition from there to to comic books? Because I feel, I mean, maybe maybe I'm uh, uh, my vision of this is a little bit different than the reality. But I feel like everyone who goes into arts and art schools gonna wants like. You know, now it might be different. It's like, yeah, I'm going to be an animator for the movies or I'm going to make video games or whatever. But back in my day, everyone just wanted to draw comics. Yeah. So how do how do you become the one that, uh, well, not the only one, but <laughs> one of the only ones <laughs> to, uh, to draw comic books for a living? It,
1: comics was actually like, it didn't, click as it like it was a thing that I read that sort of got me really interested and passionate about the idea of drawing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um I mean like I remember reading Joe Mad comics and like seeing Jim Lee stuff and you're like, oh shit, okay. And let me like learn to draw from this sort of stuff before sort of venturing into more formal education. Right. Um and it kind of became a thing where I was like, oh I'm interested in this, but whatever. I'm focused on this gallery thing. I'm getting reception, validation, whatever. Um and then uh I think it was just going to like a fan expo and like exhibiting there, and then actually the first fan expo I went to uh, was where I sort of got scouted to do covers for them, uh, but for by Marvel to do covers for them. Sorry.
0: Really? So how to? Okay, let's let's go through that whole process sure. because I feel like that's a story in and of itself. Like, so you're you have a booth like on Artist Alley or something?
1: Yeah. Um, sorry to though, This is kind of well-trodden uh, territory, but it's like yeah. So it's. Uh, Me and a friend, we uh, shared a table in Artist Alley, and then we're just exhibiting for the weekend. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had like, you know, I took about a month before Fan Expo to be like, ah, you know what? I'm kind of burnt out on just doing personal work for gallery stuff. Uh, Let me try and redirect my stuff towards a more commercial client or just sort of make things for me again and see how that goes. Right. And so I more or less put together a, a small portfolio, I did like eight or nine personal pieces and like started doing prints and stuff, set up an online store. Uh, and so
0: I brought a lot of those prints to the fan expo and. And this wasn't, this wasn't like uh you know, your rendition of a Marvel character or something.
1: No, these are totally like my own narratives that I'm working up. I'll like, you know, some of them for assignment, like, Oh, watch the diving bell and the butterfly. And then I'm like, Oh, cool. Well, let me do an illustration based on that. Or there's like a, maybe there was a show involving like the twilight zone. I'm like, cool. Let me do a thing. It's got vampires. Why not? Let's put that in there. Right. Then I was just sort of like putting out other personal pieces based on whatever and experimentations. And, When I got to Fan Expo, uh, my friend Martha who I was tabling with uh, She was living in Toronto at the time and she was pretty tight with a lot of who are now my studio mates Um, They were coming by to say hi to her and then they're like, oh, yeah, who's this? Oh, hey, your works pretty good What's up? (laughs) What are you what are you doing here? Yeah, and like one friend in particular Kalman Andrasowski. Uh, he saw my work and he was like, oh shit, dude, like CB would really dig your stuff like that You would totally fit with this line and CB was at the time the then uh, senior VP of talent uh, At Marvel and now he's gone on to sort of manage their are like Marvel Asia sure. kind of thing, but he Brought him by and was like, hey, this stuff looks like the kind of thing that you're needing um, And so Kalman put me in touch with him and then Next thing I you know, I get a call from Janine, who was my editor, and she's like, hey, we got a... Like, there was one piece that I did, which was a, a vampire holding a wolf, um, and it was based off of a Twilight Zone episode, and they're like, oh, cool, yeah, that's perfect, Jubilee just became a vampire, let's yeah. get you to draw that, and... Wow.
0: Yeah. So, it was kind of like a, a series of coincidences, because it's, it's, I imagine that, that, generally speaking, the talent scouts or whatever they would be called at at major studios don't just uh, troll up and down artist alley being like hmm i wonder who i could you know who, who i could get to draw covers for us but it just so happened that a friend of yours knew somebody who knew somebody etc
1: yeah i mean actually they do do a little bit of that where like especially at conventions because that's really the only place that they can like sort of with any good hit ratio, walk around and be like, oh, cool. Let me get a postcard and see what this is about. We'll get in touch, whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, they've got their own scouting process where people will come in and submit. But, uh, yeah, I kind of got a little bit of a backdoor entry where they, you know, Kalman introduced
0: me directly and then the work kind of spoke for itself outside of that. So what was your, uh, was the Jubilee as a vampire the first thing that you drew comic-wise, professionally?
1: Yeah, that was the first set of covers I did. It was for the Wolverine Jubilee series. Um, I think Phil Noto was the illustrator on it, and uh, Catherine Eminem was the writer. Yeah. Yeah, it was a really, like, wonderful experience just working with them. And, like, around that time, I won an award, so I got to go down to New York, and I got to visit my editors who are on that book and we got to see their new offices and go get lunch and they were super wonderful and it was just like kind of this nice little whirlwind like oh hey
0: what yeah (laughs) commercial illustration this is fun how how did that whole experience feel i imagine the first time seeing your your comic for sale in like the new comic rack with like you know all the other massive comics must be like You know, pretty crazy experience. I can't even imagine what that would be like.
1: Yeah, it was. um, (laughs) I don't know. It's still kind of a thrill seeing it actually in print. Because for me, it's so much of it is like, oh, I'm working on the original piece of art, and then I'll do it digitally. And I'm like, oh, that's like the finish, this JPEG thing that I have. But then whenever I get like a physical copy or they'll send comps or I see it out in the store, I'm like, oh, that's still like, still a little bit of a a thrill. And then when you get buddies like Andrew or whoever, they're like, hey dude, I bought this
0: in stores. I'm like, oh, that's, that's so sweet. That's rad. It's, uh, it's still kind of wild. Well, I mean, not to embarrass you or anything, but let's just (laughs) go through some of the credits that you've got under your belt i don't have a list on me nor do i have my phone on me <laughs> or i would i would just google it but why don't you tell me some of the stuff that uh that you've done some of the stuff that you've worked on i know for sure the big one that everyone points to before i met you they're like oh he's this fucking guy he draws the the covers for fables and i was like oh shit then <laughs> oh, then just a regular guy because that is a that's a great comic but what else have you worked on i know that you've you've uh you've got some pretty heavy hitters under, under your belt
1: uh comics wise um outside of the wolverine jubilee i worked on the dark tower series um for the lady of the shadow and the bitter medicine run um then i did i recently did a a trade paperback cover for hellboy i mean not hellboy uh, hellblazer um what else have i done uh there's been like a few variants for things like some dragon age stuff um a couple titles for Boom. I did uh, some work for the Joyride series, which is um, a creator-owned series by Marcus Toe, Irma, and Jackson and Colin, uh, put out by Boom. Oof,
0: and then I, uh, I got an email a little while ago, not that long ago, from I Am 8-Bit about a limited sort of video game thing that you were doing.
1: Oh, yeah, right. Um, so then once we move out of comics, there's I've done some vinyl work for I Am 8-Bit where we did The Last Guardian vinyl as well as the Abzu vinyl um i worked on uh in terms of film stuff um the abraham lincoln vampire hunter movie oh we shit did, yeah we <laughs> did uh, an animated short on that and my director Javier soto he brought me in as like like the lead character designer and sort of environment artist and mood artist um as well as like a production designer so we got to do kind of top to bottom on that sort of stuff that was actually like a really incredibly wonderful project where. I feel like I got to experience a lot of the more extravagant side of being brought onto a project where we got to do the full like New York Comic Con, like I do a poster for the release, we get to do a panel at the convention, Um, we get flown down, like, you know, Fox is sort of making us do like a media blitz where we do like a full uh, roster of like interviews in one day on the phone and then, um, you know, it's just sort of getting featured everywhere. A lot of people are getting to talk about it and whatnot.
0: Um We have a guest. Ooh. <laughs> oh Kiba. Yeah, okay, so um it's not just comics then that you you focus on. Yeah, I mean No,
1: me? I'm my career has sort of been like a little or I've been lucky enough to be able to do work in kind of a lot of arenas. Like there's been some mural work at, Yeah. I still continue to do gallery stuff and like whenever there are Fun commissions that come by and and are nice inter, uh, nice freelance jobs. It's I'll sort of take on whatever it is. Right. Nice. Um, but mostly the focus these days has been more towards like uh, doing some more creator on
0: stuff. Sweet. Well, I think that's a it's a good transition in, into first of all me pestering you again about working for me freelance. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> I want to Nimit Malavia on my wall, but also talking about um this comic that i'm holding in my hands and tcaf so let's talk about the raid sure um so raid
1: is the royal academy of illustration and design we've shortened it down to raid studios because we are currently just a, a more of a studio and less of an academy yeah um but we're located in downtown toronto um, there's about 16 members of us. Uh, some of our more notable members are Ramon Perez, Francis Manipal, Marcus Toe, Scott Hepburn, um, Irma Knievela, Tonchi Zonic. Mm-hmm. God, I should just start listing everybody at this point. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: anyone you leave out, they're going to be like, hey, fuck yeah, that Yeah, hey man. <laughs> the fuck? Why'd you leave me out?
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're, we're sort of a, a, a collective and a cooperative studio and in the last A year or so, we're moving towards uh, self-publishing our own anthologies and putting out or generating our own IPs and stories.
0: I know that you guys had a a long stretch of tables at last year's TCAF. Uh, Are you going to be doing that again? Uh, I'm not sure how many tables
1: we're getting, uh, but But yeah, we'll be, be there. Yeah, we'll have a presence there again this year and we'll have a copy of the anthology primer that we put out recently along with, you know, trades from... Some of our studio members. Well,
0: okay, so let's talk about TCAFs more specifically because I think that a lot of people now know what Fan Expo is in Toronto, but TCAF, it's getting bigger for sure. And last year was almost like out of hand, but it's still not, unless you're like in the comic world, I I, I feel like there's a lot of people in Toronto who, or from anywhere really, who would come to Toronto to go to this event, if they, if they knew what it was or more about it, can you kind of explain to people what Decaf is?
1: Sure. Um, I won't go into too many specifics because I probably don't have them off, off the dome, but yeah. it's a Toronto comic arts festival. Um, it focuses more on independent indie comics, um, and brings in different publishers from around the world. It's the, I'd say it's a comic equivalent of TIFF, um, yeah. in Toronto. And it has the same sort of like praise and appeal. And, um, it's, my personally one of my favorite conventions to go to. Yeah, um, me too.
0: I mean, it can get a little bit busy, but you find things there that you would never find anywhere else.
1: Yeah. And they bring a lot of artists from all around the world that, you know, just normally don't get seen in like a, a fan expo, for example. Yeah. Like it's less in the mainstream and so you have like publishers like Koyama Press and Nobrow coming in and bringing artists in from like Japan. Um, you know, I think who was the guy who did Tekon Kingcrete? Um
0: Oh shit. Yeah. I forgot his name. Um, I'm, but I'm really bad with names, but I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah.
1: He did like a, a big panel and talk last, or a couple of years ago,
0: which was really cool. Um, I have yet to go to any of the talks. I feel like I should probably soak that in if I can this year, but uh, yeah. Okay. So, and it's, where is it located? It's at the Toronto reference library. Um,
1: and as well as they've expanded to the Masonic temple, which is where uh, our studio will be located. But it's a free to ad- a free admission event, and it's super cool. And what are the dates? Um, I'm not sure exactly. It's next. Well, it's Saturday definitely
0: th- next weekend. So I would say the what thirteenth, twelfth, something like that.
1: Yes, exactly. It's the thirteenth and fourteenth, um, of May. Okay, thir- I think it's Mother's Day weekend. It always falls on that because I'm always here for that, and I neglect my mother. Oh, nimit, it, name it. Continue this trend of being a bad son.
0: Well, you know, you gotta, gotta make that money, I guess. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, let's, so let's, uh, let's go back into Raid here because I know that, uh, I have a comic in my hands, but it's going to lead to something bigger. You were telling me earlier off mic. What, what's, uh, what's the plan here? Yeah. So that's like a, I think
1: it's 24 pages. Um, we have a, a lot of short stories from, Uh, Some of the studio members, namely Eric Vetter, Irma Knievela, Tonchi Janik, uh, Ian Herring, and then some previews from a few others in there. But this was a a primer for us for a larger anthology that we're putting out in the fall. And it'll be the first anthology from this current iteration of the studio.
0: Do you know when in the fall that comes out?
1: Um, We're not going to lock down any dates, but likely around Fan Expo time. And, and then
0: if one was not going to Fan Expo, where would they get it?
1: Um, head over to raidstudio.com and you can subscribe to our mailing list and there um, we'll let you know. As well, you can just follow the Raid Studio on Instagram or Twitter.
0: There you go. At the Raid Studio? Yeah. Uh, and what's next for for Nimit?
1: Uh, lunch? I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit late in the day for lunch. Yeah. I like to fly by the seat of my pants. You like to do things late, apparently. Yeah, that's That's true. That's a dig on on Nimit showing up late, but that's fine. Yeah. I Mm. wasn't doing anything but just crushing episodes of Sense8, so Mm. it's totally fine. (laughs) Um, Yeah, okay. Well, why don't we ask the cards? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, Yeah, okay. Well, uh, other than lunch, is there anything else that you want to tell people about before I let you go? Uh going
1: on um i don't know really right now all i've got going on is some development on some
0: creator-owned projects Mm -hmm. um how can people hit you up online if they want to get some uh some some commissions (laughs) um
1: you can mainly the place that's being updated the most is my instagram and even that people will dig on me about but uh nimit at nimit malavia on twitter instagram and i don't know wherever else is kind of the best place and you can find my email and probably my phone number on my website, but yeah. don't just call me. And his, That's a- and his address. Yeah. Just find my address. N- knock on his door. Yeah. He- um. Send large parcels of whatever. It's yeah. cool.
0: Order lots of pizzas. Yeah. Oh. So if you want to know how to spell that, it's N-I-M-I-T-M-A-L-A-V-I-A. Pretty much the way that you would expect it to be spelled, but just in case. We can do it phonetically where it's a real nuisance. I strongly suggest that you follow him on the social media so you can see all the beautiful stuff that he's working on. I always think looking at your stuff, because I'm looking, I'm now looking at the Instagram that like, yeah, I like that. I'm a woman. No, but I want like, I know Chris has a tattoo of your art. I want them to be tattoos. Some of them. I'm just like, this is so crazy. Like this one. I'm like this. This is <laughs> this is begging to be a tattoo. For
1: those not in the room, <laughs> he's pointing to. a...
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, that was a. Uh, it's. I don't even know how to describe it. It almost looks like a, a some sort of Japanese um, monster or something. Yeah. yeah that was for uh, a Tintin cover that what? I did.
1: Yeah. It was for ImagineFX, and they were like, "Hey, why don't you do a take on like Tintin?"
0: Oh, there it is. I see his little Tintin's little head. Yeah. Poking out the if bottom. You pull there. out. You
1: can see the colored one just outside of it, but I think. That concept was we had him exploring like a Mayan, Mayan cave, like Mayan ruins with Snowy. Yeah. Nice. Um,
0: wow. I think I've actually seen this in person. Did you Did you have this with you um, at uh, Fan Expo? Maybe I might have
1: had copies or like some prints of it or yeah. anyway, just copies of the magazine you could have looked at.
0: Pretty freaking sweet. Follow him on Instagram at Nimit and uh, yeah, let me know next time you got some stuff coming out and I will plug the shit out of it because uh, this is sweet, man.
1: Yeah, no, this was really nice. Also, I, I like not having to have like a combative perspective <laughs> and yeah. having to hold down a
0: point. Uh, f- yeah, so he's he's referring to You Gotta Love It for those who, who aren't familiar with the other show, but it's essentially the shows, the episodes that Nimit are, is on end up becoming uh, battling matches between andrew and whoever else whoever the guest is <laughs> at the time because invariably he has one view and everyone else just takes an opposite view i'm somewhere in the middle <laughs> but uh yeah man definitely we'll have you back oh this god of War one is also sweet i'm just oh yeah that was an im a bit one s- s- oh is this link wow yeah shit okay i'm getting super <laughs> distracted by by this instagram but uh yeah man. Uh it was nice chatting with you. Thanks for coming by. Yeah. Really appreciate for having it. Me, man. Yeah. Are you are you serious about lunch? Are you hungry? Yeah, I'd be down. Let's get some food. Cool. All right, peace. comes to me by somebody by the name of cole i believe cole harrison polyrhythmic molasses aka the counts music i don't really know too much about this because i just got a zip file in the mail that i'm just gonna blindly open because that's just how i roll and i'm gonna play one of these songs for you i'm not sure which one but uh Yeah, if you're interested, check out the show notes at podcast.buns.com. I'll have a link to their socials and whatnot. Here is that long name that I just said. Thanks, guys. Until next week.